This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. And I'm talking the Central Valley. But today, we're talking about the planet Earth. We're taking another road trip around the world. And we're going to find out what home ownership is around the world and uh, broaden our horizons and hopefully that'll make us all really appreciate what we have here even more. Um, and here in the studio, I have a couple of guys with, with me that are going to help with that. They're from different parts of, the, of our globe and the world. Uh, we have a third one that'll be here soon. And um, first, I want to uh, uh, introduce Kamal Siata. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, and he is a he is a local realtor here in Fresno with Realty Concepts, uh, but you're kind of new to the area. Is that right? Yes, indeed. I um, I have um, over the past 17 years I lived in the, the United Arab Emirates, uh, but it's it would be interesting to tell you a little bit about where I started from and how I ended up here. Uh, I was born and raised in Damascus, which is the oldest continuously inhabited city in the world. Um, and um, my family on my maternal side are American, so I came here 43 years uh, ago and um, ended up getting into the corporate world, worked for multinationals, and then traveled around the world and ended up moving to the UAE, living there for 17 years in one of the most modern, new cities, metropolitan areas in the world. So I can give you a perspective of old and new, and I've traveled around the region in the Middle East, so I can give you a, a good perspective on that. So what I'm hearing you say, you were in Damascus, which is the oldest continuous city in the world. Continuously inhabited city. Continuously it's inhabited. It's the oldest capital in the world. Okay. And it dates back, you know, 8,000, 10,000 yeah. years. I'm not sure what the number is. Now, for people like Bobby, our producer, who last time he admitted he needs to look at a map more often where where is damascus damascus is the capital of syria and it sits on the eastern side of the mediterranean uh, it borders uh, uh, turkey is on the north jordan on the south um, iraq on the west and the mediterranean uh, on the east and the mediterranean on the west all right and then the united arab emirates where is that United Arab Emirates is in the Gulf, uh, which borders the Saudi Arabia, Oman, uh, Qatar in that region. And of course, Iran is on the other side of the Gulf. Okay, this is good. We got Bobby over there nodding his head. He's catching on to all this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy to give him a couple of free lessons. <laughs> all right. I don't know why he shows up week after week after the teasing I give him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, I do have to mention here in the studio, too, we have Raimundo Noir, uh, and you are from Panama. Is that right? That is correct, Don. Thank you, and ha thank you for having me this morning. Yeah, but of course you now live in Fresno. I and, do. Yeah, northwest Fresno, and uh, I know that. I 
help them find that place. <laughs> it's a great place. We love it. Good. Um, okay. What, what are homes like in the United Arab Emirates? Um, good question. Uh, the United Arab Emirates uh, was formed in 1970. Uh, it, w- it consists of seven emirates, and it's a federation in essence. Um, the uh, Abu Dhabi is the biggest one, and it has the most wealth in terms of oil and gas and natural resources. So it's, it's the capital and the center of, of government. Dubai, on the other hand, uh, is the center of commerce, uh, logistics and transportation, uh, banking, and, of course, massive real estate industry. Uh, the country started in 1970. They built uh, a huge infrastructure and facilities, started modernization. And in 2002, Dubai uh, decided to go really global, and they opened the real estate market for foreign uh, ownership. And that spurred uh, huge developments around the city. So it went from a small little outpost town in the desert to a large, very modern metropolis. And this is only a few years ago, um, 20, 30 years ago? Yes, uh, I think Dubai, uh, D- Dubai, probably in the past 25 years, it had uh, skyrocketed in terms, of, in terms of development and build out. I've seen a few pictures and skyrocketed is the right word because there's some tall buildings there. Yes, indeed. There are, there are hundreds of, of skyscrapers in Dubai. Are those skyscrapers, are they condominiums that people live in? And I'm sure there's offices too. But uh, what type of homes do people live in there? It's a mixture. A, a lot of these buildings are apartments, condominiums. Uh, sometimes it, they call them duplexes. So it's a multi-story apartment. It'll be one, two or three levels potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, in different locations within the city, and of course, the more expensive ones are uh, on on the on the shoreline. Uh, there are also another type of housing. Uh, there are villas, which are townhouses. Uh, some are adjacent to each other, connected, and some are uh, like our f- single-family homes here. But the structures are different because they don't use wood. It's all concrete. Uh, so it's a different uh, type of buildings, if you Oh, will. that's interesting. So here we're used to wood frame buildings. Yeah. Uh, many of them are single family residences. I, th- the predominant amount would be that. We have a few condos and, and then, of course, apartments. But so over there, it's concrete built. It's all steel and concrete for the most part. And, of course, in tall buildings, glass. And, you know, uh, for, for a while, all they wanted to do is build iconic buildings. And so, and so that's how people flock to, to the country to buy real estate there and invest in real estate. Interesting. It, and um, what is the draw to, let's say, an international investor what, what is the draw to make them want to invest in uh, Emirates real estate? Um, it's, the UAE is a, is a transient country. 
uh, in this, uh, meaning that it has a population of about 9 million. Uh, the indigenous Emiratis are about a million. So the rest are all foreign nationals. So there is a huge turnover in people who come work in banks and from laborers who work in constructions, for example, to uh, professional uh, to professional folks, you know, in, in different industry segments. And so the rental market is quite huge there. Mm -hmm. So that's one reason. Another reason is that it's a, it's a, it's a fairly, it's a very popular tourist uh, location. So Airbnb is there. Uh, of course, you could, you could go and get apartments uh, through Airbnb. Um, uh, so tourism is, is, a, is a main driver also mm -hmm. for a lot of these developments. So you mentioned rentals. Um, would you say most people own their own home or do they rent their own home? Because of the s lopsided uh, structure of the population, um, the percentage of ownership is, is fairly low uh, because a lot of people come work for a few years and then leave. And so uh, the, the ownership has increased. I think uh, Dubai uh, ownership is about 27 to 30 percent. And so you, s you have locals who own a lot of real estate, but those are small in numbers. And you have, you know, foreign investors who own, uh, you know, large sort of inventory of investments. And now you see more foreigners uh, making making Dubai home by buying you know, their own apartments and spending a lot of time there. But the percentage of ownership is still fairly low compared to the United States and other places around the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and depending if you're talking about California, the United States as a whole, uh, depends how you do the stats, but home ownership here in America is probably over 50%. It's about 62%, there 64%. All right. Um, I was good at math, and I learned how to round. round. So 62 over 50, we got it. How do people buy homes there in the UA? Um, financing, pay cash? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can buy cash, uh, which is always king, or finance. Uh, there are financing facilities through local banks and international banks that have operation in in the UAE. Mm -hmm. So you could uh, finance your home with, uh, typically there is about 20% down payment. That's what's most common. Okay. And, and that here in the United States, be, because of our quasi-government entities such as Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, I think it's typical 5 10% down Although 20, you get to avoid mortgage insurance. Correct. So, yeah. All right. Um, in the United Arab Emirates, do, they, do people have the dream of home ownership? So let's say some kid in high school, does he think that, hey, someday I'm going to be a homeowner? Um, for the, the local Emiratis, yes, uh, owning a home is, is very important. And the government there provides uh, considerable facilities to UAE nationals in terms of interest-free loans, 
free land. They allocate sometimes plots of lands to their um, uh, to their people, and uh, so from that perspective, the the dream of owning or building your own home is is quite prevalent. For uh, foreign nationals who live there, it it's not there because a lot of them, as I said, are transient. So some wouldn't be interested in buying a home, but they rent, of course. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So I think a theme that we're going to pick up on today is even though things are very different, they're very much the same. Well, that's that's true. One one point I would add is that a lot of the foreign nationals who live there, they go work there to make money to build to buy homes in their own countries. So it's Ah. it's that's one of the key drivers of people moving, (laughs) leaving their countries and living in a place like the UAE is to save money to go back and build and buy their own homes in their own respective countries. Very good point. That's something for us to ponder as we go on to our next commercial break. But And when we get back, we're going to be taking a trip around the world and going to Panama. So uh, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Thank you. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we are on another trip around the world. This way we can all broaden our horizons and find out what home ownership, housing are like around the world and to help us understand even what we have here for ourselves. So we were just talking with Kamal Siata of, uh, from the who's now here in Fresno, but from the United Arab Emirates. And now we're going to go to Raimundo Nur of, um, from Panama, although you live here in Fresno now. I so, do, Don. Thank you. Sure. So what for our listeners, what, what part of Panama are you from? We've all heard of the Panama Canal. And, uh, what, what else should we know about Panama? It's interesting that you have heard of the Panama Canal because I was actually born on a, in a town that's on the banks of the Panama Canal. Ah. Absolutely. We were born, I was born <coughs> on the, uh, what used to be called the Canal Zone. It is a 50-mile wide area along the stretch of the Panama Canal that was administered by the uh, United States government. And so I was born and raised there, actually. Um, you know, so the territory was somewhat leased to the United States government. And uh, many people from the Caribbean uh, went to Panama to help build the Panama Canal. And my grandfather's family on both sides were one of them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So... Um because you were born in that canal zone, did that make, and that was run by the United States, did that make you a U.S. citizen right off, or? Well, now you're going into politics. No. Oh. <laughs> and I didn't mean to. That's okay. I know it did. Well, for many people it did, but for us it didn't, you know. And um, what was interesting during that time, uh, the canal zone was uh, under, was run and under the state laws of Louisiana at the time. So what's interesting was what was happening in Louisiana back in the 40s and 50s was also happening on a smaller scale in Panama, on the Canal Zone as well. 
I tell you, you learn something every Saturday on Welcome Home Radio. I did not know that. But but I see the connection. You got the port of New Orleans. Right. And um, there you go. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to housing, though. Because <laughs> I know a little something about housing. There you go. There you go. Um, what's a typical home look like in Panama? Most, most homes are uh, single-family homes. Uh, however, in the city of Panama itself, Panama has nine provinces, and Panama City is one of the provinces. And within the city of Panama City itself, um, you have, like most typical areas, high-rises, skyscrapers. But in the outlying areas of the actual city, you have single-family homes, whether they're duplexes or standalone homes. Uh, but within the city in your, if I can say your downtown area, there are skyscrapers and apartment complexes, condominiums, uh, things like that. Where I was born and raised um, in Paraiso, which is the name of the town on the canal zone, those were all um, duplexes or triplexes, uh, things like that, you know, one-story homes. So very, actually, it sounds very similar to parts of the United States. Absolutely, it is, it is. Yes, it's uh, a little bit rural, right? Uh, and maybe our listeners know Panama is, is a tropical country, very green, very hot, very humid, right? And, uh, but uh, we love it. Yeah, so that begs the question, do all the homes have air conditioners there? Well, that is a great question, Don. And some do and some don't. Ah. You, know, um, you know, what they do have are large windows, right, to let the breeze in. Because Panama uh, is surrounded by both oceans, the Pacific and the Atlantic. And it's only 50 miles wide. So you can travel from one side of the country to the other in one hour. That's like from here to Merced. And one hour. And, you know, you can go from the Atlantic to the Pacific in one hour. So the thing about that some have air conditioning, some don't. I learned something interesting this week here in the Central Valley. Appraisers uh, uh, or banks require that a home for financing have heating, but cooling is an option. Right. And, boy, to be in the tropics, I would think that would be a close to a necessity well well interestingly enough i don't know that they actually require any of it you know it it depends on what you negotiate if mm -hmm. you buy a home with air condition you get air condition if you buy it without then you don't okay so you can put it in yourself it is um what's the predominant ownership there is it uh do people predominantly own their homes or rent their homes well, it depends on where you live. If uh, Again, if you live in the city itself, uh, most people rent there um, because of the, the, the structure of the city. But in the outer lying areas, the suburban areas, or maybe in the other provinces, most people would own. But within the city of Panama itself, uh, most people rent there because it's, it's not, while it's not expensive, sometimes it's a little bit above the... Uh, price point above the income level of many of the residents. Mm -hmm. Panama is very, um, every major bank in the world has a branch in Panama. Is that right? That is so. And um, it is a very a major banking area. 
and a tax haven for for many foreign uh, corporate uh, corporations. And so we do have lots of foreigners there. And so the real estate market is actually geared towards them and not necessarily geared towards the local people. Hmm. Okay, interesting. So there's a real international appeal there. Absolutely. There are expatriates from almost every country. You go to a restaurant uh, in the city and in one corner you can hear Italian speaking or Russian or French or Portuguese or you just hear a number of languages spoken uh, there in Panama. It is, a, it is a fabulous place and people from all over the world come uh, either to visit or to invest uh, in, in the uh, infrastructure of the country. You mentioned it's really hot. Like, how, what's the temperature there in, in the summertime? Well, you know, we tend to measure hot by degrees here. And it's interesting that Panama, the temperature never gets to 100 degrees. Never gets to 100 degrees. But because of the humidity, ah. it feels like 120, right? <laughs> but, uh, but the temperature is never over 100 degrees. And that's because you're so close to both oceans. Well, and we're close to the equator also. Uh-huh. Right, we're close to the equator. Panama uh, is that little S of a country that joins North America and uh, South America. We are considered actually Central America. We are bordered in the north with Costa Rica and in the south with Colombia. So, yeah. Now, um, what what size of a home is typical? Let's say in the rur- rural areas, because I want to compare it to our Central Valley. Right. Um, and over here, I think 1,700 to 2,000 square feet is probably your, your average. What, how big are homes over there? They're, they're a little bit smaller. You know, most uh, people that live in the rural areas, they live in the rural areas because they enjoy the outdoors. They like the freedom of being outside. So the t- homes are typically smaller maybe in the 1,500 square feet or less area, but they have large swaths of land, right? So they enjoy the outdoors more than being indoors. I believe that's a a little bit opposite from here. We have a larger home because we spend more time inside. There they spend more time outside. That's interesting. What draws... what draws us inside rather than outside? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. Right. You know, I know when we were growing up, we, we, the minute we opened our eyes, we were outdoors. We were outside playing. You know, it, it took a lot to get us inside. Here, it's quite different. You know, I, I see kids say you have to push them outside. Yeah. I think it was the invention of video games. Well, <laughs> and they do have those there also, but uh, they, did, they still do spend a lot of time. There's just so much to do and see. And, and you're living in a tropical country. You're living in a place where most people spend a lot of money to go visit, right? Because tourism is uh, a big attraction there at the Panama Canal and a number of other tourist sites. And so most people spend their time outdoors as opposed to inside, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, especially if you don't have air conditioning. In Definitely. There. <laughs> Do um, young kids grow up in Panama with the dream of home ownership, as we do here in California, United States? They do, they do. But I think uh, for most, well, maybe not for most, but for many, 
one of the bigger dreams is to actually leave the country and do like uh, Kamal was saying earlier, go to somewhere else where they can work and make money and then go back home and buy or build something. Because, um, you know, Panama's economy, again, while it is, it is thriving and there is a lot of industry, again, for the local people is actually quite low. Mm-hmm. And so um, it'll take them quite a few years to buy or build something if they were to stay there. When they do buy something there in Panama, is financing for a home available? It is. It is. Uh, financing is, 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 actu- is available. And I remember um, one of my family members bought a home there, and she said the process was just so simple. It, it, a couple of papers signed, and you owned it. it. It was very simple, straightforward process. So it's very easy. Um, uh, I hope our that. loan officers are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is very easy to own, but of course, as time go on and things get a little bit more complicated, but I, it, it's still an easy, fair, um, straightforward process. Mm-hmm. With about twenty percent down, somewhere in there, uh, it, you can buy a home. All right. Yeah, this is great. Learning a lot about our world today. Um, we do have to go to our next commercial break. Uh, And our next guest is from Europe, and we're going to learn a lot about Europeans and specifically in Italy, where he is from. So, So thank you very much and stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and now on this trip around the world, we're going to Europe. Yeah, you probably knew that from the music, right? So um, we have Daniel Barchese on the, on the line Hi. from Europe. Good good morning, yes. Daniel. Good morning. I hope yes, you're doing Daniel. well. Doing pretty good. All right. It's a beautiful day. Thank you. Of course, you're not in your homeland right now. You're in Yosemite. So uh, yes, I'm actually in Yosemite. Yes. It's always beautiful there. Um. Tell us, exactly. what part of the world are you from? So I'm from, uh, specifically, I'm from a little town uh, near Rome uh, called Gasparata, but born and raised in Rome, and yes, Rome, uh, Italy. All right. Um, yes. Now, you're saying Grotta Ferrata, that's a little city outside of Rome. Is that? Yes, it's like 12 miles from the center of Rome, yes. Okay, so when we hear about the the hills, the mountain, the hills outside of Rome, that's where you're from. Exactly. In fact, the hills are called Castelli Romani, and it's a small uh, residential area out in the outskirts of Rome. And they are a little uh, small, but uh, very populated uh, little towns. And uh, one of them is Gattafrata. Then there is Frascati. Monte Porcio, uh, Monte Compati, all little towns that are pretty nice places where a lot of Romans go. All right. So um, what's a typical home like in your area outside of Rome? And then I'm going to ask you what they're like inside of Rome. Are, are there condos, so, big, big homes? So, uh, mainly in my uh, area, we have more uh, family homes or bigger homes, um, homes that have a yard and uh, are uh, bigger than the the bigger spaces that uh, 
uh, houses in Rome are that are really tiny and small and mostly are apartments. Okay. And, uh, yeah, in Grotta Verada, there are more family homes, uh, mainly have uh, yards, and uh, usually they're, like, uh, family homes. So we have, like, uh, houses with uh, different floors and uh, big uh, family rooms and uh, big outside areas. And, uh, yes, Um how about when Very you go different. into the city? When you go into Rome, are, are there? So more, what's it like so there? So when you go, yes. So when you go into Rome, the spaces get uh, um, smaller because it's a big town and very populated. So we have houses that are very small. We have most of them are apartments, mm-hmm. and uh, usually on one floor, maybe some. Richer apartments have two floors, but uh, uh, most of them are like condos, like uh, small apartments. Okay. And then you also have like normal houses and, and family houses, but uh, in the center, usually there are a lot of apartments, more apartment style. Yeah. So I know that you and your family bought a place in Yosemite Lakes Park and built a yes, home there correct. a few years ago. Would you say that that foothill community uh, outside of Fresno is going to be much like the outside regions of Rome? Uh, it's it's really close to it. It's um, I think if if I look at it as a comparison, it's it's very likely like Grotefrado. So you have uh, Fresno that's it's a big town. So you have. Uh, you have all kinds of houses, but usually the, uh, more apartments and uh, people tend to go up the hills or have more space, have more privacy. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yes, I would say that Grotefrada is, is same, similar. So uh, Yosemite Lakes Park is more residential, open areas with I the see. lands and properties on the lands. So let me get to this key question, and I know our listeners are going to want to know this. Do the majority of people own their home and their property in Italy, or is it more rentals? Well, so Italy is very different from the United States. Uh, Mainly Italians tend to own their house. If we look at the statistics, uh, Italians uh, Usually, eighty percent of times own their house and they own their land. Eighty percent—that's uh, high. Yeah, yes, it's high because uh, actually um, because of uh, big family tradition. So either you have inherit a home, or you help, have help from family, or you tend to. And this is what happening now: a lot of families tend to get mortgages because they want to have their home, so they they dream house and uh we don't have we yeah we have renters too but it's likely less percentage because uh people tend to want to buy their and be owner of their homes okay how how can people buy homes there now i know you said some of it was from inheriting from families but let's say you had to get a mortgage um what is that uh, What's a mortgage like in in Italy? 
A mortgage, a mortgage uh, is in Italy is basically you have to have usually you have to have a good down payment because the bank bank uh, wants stability, and usually you have help from your family or you try to uh, go in with a, a really good job and uh, try to get a good finance. But um, yes, so basically this this is it. So, so usually it's either your family or inheritance or you get a mortgage. Okay. But you have to have a, a good a good uh, um, payment. What so what payment. what percentage is typical? Because over here we can do, put three percent down, five percent down. Is that a possibility well, there? Oh, I don't know the exact number, but for sure it's very more than that. So I would say at least 15, 20, at least. Okay. All right. I don't know that they're correct. Now, a big thing here in America, we call it the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. Do your mortgages go that long? Yes. Usually at times because they, they're building their uh, dream house and everything, usually mortgages go up to that 25, 30, 35 years, depending on also on the situation, your health and everything, your age, your family, everything. But usually it's 20, 25, 30, yes. Mm, kind of okay. like here. Right, okay, excellent. So that, in a lot of ways, this is similar to America where um, people own their own home they don't lease the land from the government which is the case in some countries um uh, so you you have all that and then you have financing too um do people move very often there like for a few for a while here it was said in america that people tended to buy a in you buy a home as a stepping stone and every five six seven years they would move up until they, they got that dream home. Does that happen in Italy, or do people kind of buy and stay? Well, for the younger generation, it has me usually tend to start small and then try to find the, the, the dream home. But especially nowadays with all the financial issues and every times tend to uh, uh, either inherit their family house or... Uh, try to build a, a dream house not far from the family house. And um, usually they, they just try and uh, uh, because it's prices and everything, I'm, I've gone up and everything, they they try to, to uh, uh, maximize and get a comp- compromise mm. with uh, something that they can... Uh, have and uh, be able to be near their uh, family. So okay. yes, they tried to have their greenhouse, but it's, it's getting harder. Yeah. Okay. As it is yeah. here too. So I have one last question for you before we go to our commercial break. In Italy, do people have that dream of home ownership like we do here in America? When you're young, yes, yes. do you want to own your own home? Yes, yes, there is, and it's a, a still a big thing to have uh, a dream home and bring up a family and 
and start a, a life in, in a dream house. Yes. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Daniel Barchese, for um, uh, being a guest on Welcome Home Radio today. And we are going to our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940-KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we are taking a trip around the world um, with our guests and... Uh, Kamal Siata is uh, you're the one who picked that music. What what was that? Um, look, the the Arabic uh, music is quite diverse, and so you have different genres uh, from uh, you know the Gulf to Levant uh, to northern North Africa. So this music is really from uh, Morocco, and he's he's a, a very famous pop star throughout the Arab world. Mm-hmm. And 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 Europe as well. So it's a fairly unique. Genre. I don't think I've told you this before, but I've been to North Africa, Tunisia. Oh, oh okay, beautiful country. Oh yeah, it, it was. Yes. And boy, uh, that was something huge, spectacular hotels and and such, and then a lot of encampments where people were living. It it was very diverse there. Yes. Yes, and yeah. it's, it's beautiful. A lot of French influence as well there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I want to take advantage of you being here because uh, you, probably even more so than me, you've traveled the world. And uh, so I want to ask you about a couple of other very different places. Turkey, Istanbul, Turkey, and also Singapore. Uh, you've spent a lot of time in those places. What is real estate like there? Um, I, I've traveled throughout, you know, South Asia and the Middle East, and I've been to Turkey several times, and 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 Singapore, as as you just indicated. Um, uh, Turkey is is a is a large country of about ninety five million people, uh, located in a very strategic um, area between Europe and Asia. Uh, Istanbul is a is one of the oldest cities as well, but it is, you know, it used to be called Constantinople, and it has always been the the center of 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 wars between different civilizations. But uh, you just brought back a memory of, of when I was in grade school. I had forgotten all about that. That Constantinople, yeah, is Istanbul. Is Istanbul, and it sits on half of Istanbul is in Asia, and the other half is in Europe. And so that makes it fairly unique. With the Bosphorus uh, splitting it uh, in between, it is it is a it's a it's a lot of history, and it's it's a beautiful. It gets cold in the winter, but it's it's a beautiful city nevertheless. Population is about 15 million. Um, real estate there is uh, is quite interesting in the sense that the government there, a few years or several years back, I'm not sure exactly when. They uh, used real estate as a tool for FDI, foreign direct investment. And so they allowed people from anywhere to come and own properties in, in Turkey, anywhere in Turkey, not just in Istanbul. Of course, Istanbul is a, is a, is a beautiful city, so people would want to live there. So you see a lot of developments around, around there. 
Well, and to put that in perspective, 15 million people. Our city of Los Angeles, I believe, is a little over 4 million. So to be 15 million people, that's huge. It's a, it's a very large metropolitan area, quite diverse and, and very international. Uh, and so if, if you go and buy a property at $250,000 or above, you get legal residency and potentially path towards citizenship. Uh, so a lot of uh, people from troubled countries, you know, uh, who are who have the financial wor wherewithal, went to Turkey and bought homes there, and that brought billions of dollars into the country in investment, specifically in real estate, which is still, by standards of places like in South Asia, like Singapore or even Dubai, it's still cheaper or even the United States it's fairly affordable interesting um, Singapore what what's that like Sim Singapore is a is similar to uh, Dubai um, in the sense that it was uh, an old very poor outpost uh, that was uh, actually used to be part of Malaysia and Malaysia had so much trouble with with Singapore they just gave them full independence and uh, the founding father if you will of Singapore saw they had no natural resources it's a small small little uh, uh, nation of four million of course it was a lot less then and he decided to focus on few things for development one is education uh, the other one is building infrastructure and making Singapore a hub for services so it's a massive uh, transportation hub commercial uh, uh, banking um, as well as you know transportation I mean ports airports uh, it, it's it's a phenomenally developed country the home ownership there is a bit different in the sense that Singaporeans are the, there are there are international it's an international city with people from all over the world visiting and working there but the majority of the people there are Singaporeans but they come from different ethnic backgrounds so you see people from the Indian subcontinent so you see Malays you know in the Malaysian uh, uh, background and also Chinese so they all mix together in in Singapore uh, real estate there is quite expensive but interestingly enough, uh, you know, the ownership there is about 65%. It's a very high ownership, which speaks to the economic power of the country and also the, uh, the per capita income, which is uh, enabling people to afford housing in a big way in Singapore, even though it's quite expensive. Mm -hmm. um, how about apartments condos single family residences in in singapore what what's predominant there it's mostly apartments because geographically it's a very very small sort of an island and uh, i'm trying to remember how it's, it's i think it's about 25 miles or kilometers in in width it's a fairly small and condensed city Mm -hmm. uh, so you see a lot of high-rise. It's all mostly apartments. And, and single-family homes would be quite expensive because of the value of the land. Yeah. 
supply and demand, not very much supply of land. Exactly. So if there's a demand, it, that's going to drive prices up. And they up. had to also reclaim uh, parts of the seashore to enable them to expand their uh, commercial industrial base as well. So, uh, so land is very scarce there. Okay, I'm going to go back to my geography class from many years ago. Uh, in Singapore, being it's out there in the uh, South Pacific, um, I believe the main language in Singapore is English. Yes. All right. Yes. I still can't believe my teacher gave me a C minus, and yet I know all that stuff. Yeah, um, uh, they speak English. It's predominant language, but uh, you see also other languages spoken there. Yeah, uh, not a, not as uh, m as diverse as Dubai. Dubai had uh, has about two hundred nationalities, so you see all sorts of languages. Wow, from around the world, and um, so. Um, in, in, in listening to all of this stuff today, what what can we conclude about housing around the world? What what do you think our listeners should remember most about today's show? Well, I think the common thread among people around the world is um, really owning a home. Everybody everywhere dreams of owning their own home. And I have seen, you know, it's here in our country, uh, in the U.S., um, and you see it all the way around the world. Anywhere you go, people dream of owning their own home. So that's a fairly common among all people. Yeah, that's a powerful statement yeah. because um, it's easy, especially in our current market, it's easy to get discouraged. Uh, you know, you know that as a buyer, you might have to pay more than asking price. You might have to make seller concessions. You, uh, it's it's easy to get discouraged. But maybe if all our buyers remembered that, hey, what you're trying to attain is something that people in Europe, uh, the Middle East, Panama, South America, this people want to do this. So. Yes, that is, that is that is always the the biggest dream that people have is to own their own homes. Mm -hmm. So, with that said, kind of our final question of the day, um, because you also sell real estate here in, uh, in in Fresno, Clovis, what what's your best real estate advice? You know, Don, that's a that's a very good question, and it's a tough question when I'm sitting with the, the guru of real estate in Fresno. <laughs> so, no, Bobby's in insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking about you, Don. Oh, okay. Um, uh, listen, I I think it. The, the my my advice is simple uh, once you uh, especially for young generation once uh, there is ability to afford housing it's uh, it's always great to uh, jump and and buy property to uh, build uh, asset 
that can also be spring to other financial securities and paths uh, in the future. So I, I think this, this advice is more geared towards people who are starting anew uh, professionally. Uh, real estate is a great tool for uh, not only uh, housing and shelter, but it's a great tool for investment. It's a great tool for uh, enjoying life, uh, you know, in terms of affordability, if one can afford uh, uh, summer homes and, 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 and multiple sort of properties. So um, uh, that would be my, my thought around real estate. Well, thank you very much. And I am encouraged by today's show and the things that I've learned from it, because it tells me to all our buyers uh, and clients out here, don't get discouraged. We hear a lot of things on the news, surging interest rates, low inventory. Don't get discouraged. This is the dream around the world. And as my friend Joe Jones used to say, go get you one. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Thank you very much for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio.